welcome to the Enneagram One Project Podcast with your host, Dominic Vandal, where ones come to learn mindset tools and embodiment techniques to reduce frustrations, quiet their inner critic, and live a most expansive life. If you're ready to make your unique oneness your superpower, then this is the show for you. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Enneagram One Project Podcast, Episode 6, The Urge to Improve is Real. Okay, ones, when's the last time you felt the need to improve something? Be honest. Was it an hour ago? 15 minutes ago? Five minutes ago? If you're anything like me, it wasn't very long ago. In fact, you could probably just look in any direction right this second and find a way to improve on something you see. For instance, I'll be taking a walk and when I get home, I can think of how amazing our home is and how much I love it. And I will also see all the improvements I think need to be done, such as removing um, a couple of trees that aren't doing so well. Our sign with our house number is looking paler than it used to, so I should really get that redone. The compost bin is somewhat close to the front door for easy access, but it doesn't look very good. We should move that some. I'm going to stop here, but honestly, I could go on, especially in the summertime. I can notice all the weeds in between the pavement of the driveway. I see it all. And the moment I see it, my brain says, okay, how could this be better? Now, are the trees a safety issue? Not at all. Are they hurting anyone? Nope. Are they really ugly to look at? No, not yet. Can anyone do anything about it right this moment in the middle of winter right now? Well, no, not unless it's an emergency because the snow has already accumulated and the ground is frozen. This is how my one brain works, even if I can't do anything about it. And oftentimes, if I really think about it, I don't actually want to do anything about that thing I'm noticing, at least not quite yet. But my brain, like yours, has a habit of looking for what to improve. In itself, not a problem. I will repeat it over and over until the cows come home, that your brain has this shortcut programmed in there and that it is not an issue. I want to let you in on another part of the mechanics here. When your brain goes on the hunt, for how to make it better, the belief there is that the thing, whatever your attention is on, should be better than it is. Oftentimes, that is super useful to us. I know an amazing lady who has her own cleaning company. When she notices that an area could be better, in this case, cleaner, it's useful to her. She does magnificent work because of it. She takes great pride in the work and has a high level of satisfaction at the end of the day. That feeling she is feeling, and that we're all feeling as ones, when we think something should be better than it is, is desire. There's a spectrum for the feeling of desire, and sometimes it goes all the way to urge. Think of urge as desire with, well, urgency. For me, urge feels like a pull in the middle of my chest, as if I have a cord there and someone is pulling it. 
there is also an excitement there because of the anticipation of how I will feel after I do the thing I am being pulled to do. Sometimes there's even a must do it now added to that pull. The truth about urge is that it feels like a promise of something that can be good and it can be not so good. It depends on what goals and intentions you have for yourself. As ones who are on a self-discovery journey, it's likely that you've decided you wanted to maybe not always give in to that urge to improve. It can be downright exhausting when it's coming from a place we don't understand and think we can't quite control. For instance, it may be that in your work, you want to maintain the status quo of feeling that urge and answering it. But in other areas, like your relationships, maybe you want to change your behavior some. Maybe you don't always want to tell others how they should do it or could do it, even when it's coming from love on your part. I'm not here to say you should or that you need to change, but this matters so much. You get to decide. Even if your brain is always showing you what to improve, you decide when you want to use that urge and when you don't. That means that when you have the urge in relation to something you want the urge for, then that is a desired emotion. But when it's for something you don't want the urge for, then that is an undesired emotion. As humans, we tend to have three default settings of what we do when we feel an emotion, any emotion that is undesired. Urge being one of them, but you can substitute other undesired emotions here, such as anger, frustration, jealousy, annoyance, neglected, resentful. And the settings would be the same. We either react to it, resist it, or avoid it. So let's go back to the emotion of today's podcast, urgency, in a situation where you do not want to focus on improvement. An example would be, you are sitting in the passenger seat and the driver is someone you're very close to. You notice the speed limit is 50 kilometers an hour and that they are driving 40 kilometers an hour. It's not an actual safety issue, except that in my case, I was brought up with a set of rules about how one should drive. If you're from where I'm from, it might be something like drive the speed limit up to 10 kilometers an hour more than the speed limit. Otherwise, you'll anger everyone behind you. And more than that, 10 kilometers an hour, you might get stopped by the police. So when you notice that they are driving 10 kilometers an hour less than the speed limit, your brain's habit of improvement says, we need to improve this situation, which creates that feeling of urgency. Does that sound familiar to any of you? In this situation where you have already decided that you do not want to interfere and you want to let them drive however they want to drive, the moment the urge is felt, you are likely to react, resist, or avoid the urge. You would be reacting to urgency if you went ahead and answered that urge by saying all of the ways they should be driving. 
The other option that I mentioned is to resist urgency. And that would look like gritting your teeth so that no words actually come out of your mouth. And lastly, avoiding urgency, which in our example would be something like picking up your phone and scrolling mindlessly in an effort to distract yourself. Again, none of these are inherently wrong. But remember, you had decided you did not want to be the person who gives into the urgency to improve other people's driving. So when you react, you are outwardly giving into the urge. And the effect here could be a strained relationship. When you are resisting and gritting your teeth, the effect here could be that it bursts out anyway with even more force. When you avoid the urgency, the effect is that you train yourself to run away from undesired emotions. All of these will also create an erosion with your relationship with yourself. There is a part of you that you are not accepting when this is how you manage emotions, therefore eroding your relationship with yourself. I offer a fourth option. That is to acknowledge that the urge is there and allow your body to process it. Let me explain what that means. Because the urge is a feeling, it can be processed by the body. If you remember, I mentioned it in episode four, Enneagram type ones and stress, that there isn't an emotion the body doesn't know what to do with. Urgency is an emotion. So the body knows. The next time you notice unwanted urgency, start by calming your nervous system with any of the four bodies. Those are the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and the energetic or spiritual body. You can use these in any order you want, but I am purposefully saying them in a particular order here because in my experience, this is what works for me. So personally, I start with the external senses. That's part of the physical body, yeah? I use my external senses to remind me that I am safe. Starting with looking around, noting that there are no dangers, then comforting myself using maybe touch, by touching a soft fabric nearby, or sound by singing or humming. I'm basically bringing my attention back to the present moment. The moment in which, yes, I am experiencing an undesired emotion, but that I am simultaneously really quite okay. Then I follow with merging my awareness with that of the emotional body. Now that I know I am safe, even with the emotion, I follow it or find its expression within my body. That is the internal felt sense of that urge. Where is that sensation in my body and what is it? Here, I remain in my body and use as little language as possible. I really want to stay attuned to the internal sensation of that emotion. Like I said, for me, it's that pull. I feel like a pull and maybe a tightness around that pull. But by now, I usually feel a release or a dissipation of that emotion because all I did is notice where it is in my body. Allow it to be there and just take notice, be a witness of it. I can often stop here. Sometimes, though, that's not enough. So I'll move on to enlisting the mental body. 
The way I do this is by having a few thoughts at the ready for times like these. The key is that I want to have chosen beliefs that I don't need convincing about. When I am activated, right, that state of being in the hold of the emotion, I do not have the resources to convince myself of the validity of a new thought in that moment. I personally find that the thought, of course I am having an urge right now, it's simply out of habit, is soothing. And it brings me back to center. I don't have to change anything about what's going on. It just brings me back to center. Take a second here, and I want you to consider for yourself, what would you like to think in those moments? Not a pretty rainbows and daisies and life is beautiful thought, but just a thought that brings you back to safety. And if you remember, I said there's a fourth body. The last is the energetic or spiritual body. I do not necessarily use it last, but I can't say that it's my go-to yet. And it's so very different for everyone. Examples here could be prayer. It could be something to do with your chakras, rebalancing, or a devotional practice that you might have. Personally, I find that putting on music and letting my body move as the emotion and move through the emotion is a sort of collaboration of all four bodies. So if you can only do one thing, that would be my recommendation to you. If sound is something that you find soothing. If you don't, experiment, find what works for you. So let's take a second to recap here. The brain of a one is programmed with the core fixation of how to improve whatever we take note of. Remember, this can be the house, our relationships, ourselves, anything. With improvement being the main habitual shortcut of the brain, the brain goes there without you asking it to. When it does, it creates the urge or urgency you feel in your body. You totally get to decide how you want to behave when you notice this urge, and it can be different in all aspects of your life. When you intentionally want to react to it, do it. When you don't want to manage the urge with those three main settings, remember reacting, resisting, or avoiding, remember that you can process the emotion instead. And you can use embodiment to do just that. Like I always say, it's up to you. And for that, I want to leave you with five questions to ponder going forward. Number one, where in my life have I felt this urge or urgency? Just remember the last day or two, the last week, and write a few notes down. Number two, where in my life do I want to continue to answer the urge? Where in my life do I want to practice not answering the urge? Number four, which area am I willing to start with? Pick just one to start. This is a practice and it is a skill. It's not going to be easy peasy. You really want to start with one area only. And number five, what am I willing to try and experiment with in terms of technique with this particular area? 
You can pick just one. You can pick starting with the physical body. Just pick something. Don't make it complicated and try it. If you want help exploring this topic, there are two options for you. I can definitely help you map out these areas in your life and support you on your journey in managing urges. You'll find the information to work with me over at dominicvandal.com slash links and select the work with me private Enneagram One coaching tab. The second option is to register for my upcoming workshop where we'll dive deeper into this very topic. It's happening Thursday, February 17th, 2022 at 2 p.m. Eastern time. If you can't make it, make sure to register anyway so you can receive the replay and workbook. You'll find the link to register over at dominicvandal.com slash links and select the February 17th workshop tab. Both options can be found over at dominicvandal.com slash links. That's D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-V-A-N-D-A-L dot com slash links. L-I-N-K-S. Until next time, love to each and every one. Thank you so much for listening to the Enneagram One Project podcast, your go-to podcast for all things one. Now, if you're wanting to integrate what you're learning here and be supported by your very own personal Enneagram One life coach, then I invite you to head over to my website, dominicvandal.com, D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-V-A-N-D-A-L. Look at the very top of the page for the Work With Me tab. I'd love to be the one in your corner, helping you to navigate your oneness. Let's make it your superpower. 